Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 573 with our review of Don't Let Go. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we are talking about a little film called Don't Let Go, and uh, it involves sort of communication through time um, over a phone call. Um, so... Um, Stephen, I have a cool, strange question for you. Mm. Um, basically, if you were to be contacted after somebody had died from them through some piece of telecommunication, would you assume that it was actually a live call to the past, or would you just assume it was sort of like a like a situation like where you're talking to somebody who has been dead for a long time, but like it's not necessarily a live call to that person directly? Yeah, if I were lake housed, I don't know how I would feel. Um, <laughs> Uh, like, like, so we're assuming I've ruled out the first things I would think, right? Which is that somebody's fucking with me, someone's imitating this person, I'm having a recording played at me, like, all the usual ones get yeah, ruled out, like and a, I've already this verified. Is a deep fake audio yeah. situation where I am, somebody is talking as me using all of the past episodes of the podcast. Yep. Yeah. And, and so somehow I get convinced that this is definitely Christopher. He's talking to me. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um,. I I don't I, I feel like in the the way that I would derive that it's really you I would also have derived what the situation is you know like like somehow I would have seen like is there bubblegum involved you know is there, <laughs> <laughs> are there things I can do that show which <laughs> which event I'm in or not yeah, yeah. I, I would probably assume some afterlife situation just because the alternate timeline past version opens up this very confusing can of worms and I wouldn't know how to resolve the paradox. Yeah, yeah. So I would probably be like, okay, the universe is complicated and I guess when when Chris dies, he goes to a place <laughs> that is still on at and <laughs> or, or I guess it could be like some situation, more, more Black Mirror type of situation um, where like, I am dead for sure. I'm not alive. You're not talking to me, but you're talking to some AI construct that is my voice and my past memories mm. and some new representation of me, yep. which is locked inside of this like machine. Yeah, it's but, like transcendence or something. Yeah. It just it just it's that was one of the things I was thinking like walking into this film was what was going to be his like cuz this is a situation where if it happened to you, you have no basis except for film to kind of figure out what the hell's going on like right you don't know if you're trying to solve somebody's murder or if this is just some strange other occurrence. like honestly i think i have enough skepticism in me that like rather than continue to ask questions until i figure it out i would be like like a magic trick i would be like i don't understand how this works but fuck this and hang up. <laughs> like, I honestly think I would be like the the person in in this movie. Like if I got that call from from my niece, I would be like, somebody's fucking with me. I don't know how she knows all this stuff. I'm not gonna waste mental energy figuring it out right now. Yeah, and I would just like block the number on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I pro- well, I guess I, I would see the caller ID because it would be the person that it's supposed to be. I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to know what you would do in a situation like that because. It would be so foreign and so strange, but yeah. Um, yeah, I probably would not immediately think this is definitely a call from the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know how time travel works too well. Yeah, like, no, that exactly. doesn't make sense. I would be like, no, this is a paradox. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> I know what paradoxes do to the universe. <laughs> uh, You're not killing my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get into this episode? Sure. 
All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Uncle Jack. You know, the best thing about your dad being such a screw-up is I get to spend time with my favorite niece. Hey, Ashley. Ashley? Reconstructing the timeline. Who did it? We don't know that yet. There's you know people here. There's a white car. Ashley, turn around and go. Jack, tell me what's going on. I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna let that happen. All right, so that was the trailer for Don't Let Go. Um, it is a story of a police officer who um, sort of helps out his niece as the parents kind of have like a sort of a bunch of stuff that they're usually concentrating on besides raising her. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, she'll call and ask for help. And uh, one day, the entire family, father, wife, and daughter, um, get murdered by somebody. And shortly after their deaths, um, the police officer receives a call um, f- seemingly from the daughter and over time realizes that that is the daughter in the past and um, is trying to use conversations with her to um, figure out what happened to the family and potentially stop it if he can. (laughs) Stephen Miller, (laughs) that look on your face. What did you think of Don't Let Go? This is the look on my face I give when I'm trying to decide how I'm going to fill even a small episode's worth of content talking about a movie. <laughs> I, I mean, this movie was like, I like David Oyelowo. I like Storm Reid, like the new the new actress that plays his niece. I thought this movie was not very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie is based on a simple premise, and it's like shoestring budget type movie, right? A Blumhouse production. Yeah, um, yeah. And like... As a shoestring budget movie, it has some stuff to recommend it. Like, it focuses on the characters. It tries to keep it very, like, close to earth of, like, what is going on? How, how would you feel in this situation? Go. But it just felt like... I don't want to say derivative, because until we were just talking about frequency, like, I don't know that I've seen a movie that is about this exact thing before. But yeah. it just, like... 
it felt like it writes itself and every twist and turn in this movie, every moment of suspense where David Oyelowo was learning a new thing or Ashley is learning a new thing felt like it was inconsequential or like it didn't, it isn't that the mechanics didn't make sense to me in this universe, but I felt like the suspense mechanics didn't make sense because if I were in the situation, the way I would try to solve it would be like do a Hail Mary at the beginning and be like, leave town or like, this is what's (laughs) going on. Let me prove to you what's going on. Put your dad on the phone, you know, like something. And instead the movie decides to confine itself to like, this is going to be a detective story where I'm going to try to solve the mystery by asking you different things and I'm not going to tell you why. And it, it just didn't really feel like it went anywhere. And like by the time reveals happen toward the end of the movie, I feel like you see them coming from a mile away. And even if you don't, you don't really care because you don't have anything invested in anyone involved in the reveals. And I don't know. It it was just like a very kind of trifling little movie to me that vanished like the moment I left the theater. (laughs) So I I feel like it was okay. Like it, it did some stylistic flourishes that I liked where it was kind of like, it, it was like a very small claustrophobically filmed movie. But then there were some things where like, the camera would shake in a weird way to indicate that the timelines are changing or like David Oyello would be stricken with grief and it would just like focus on his face while he's like bleeding for the fourth time in the movie or yeah. something. And it like, like the camera would shake when the timeline changes, but not for bubblegum. Yeah. Just for major events. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just for major events. And it, the logic wasn't there, obviously like it doesn't believe in con- congruity as far as like timelines work. Like, why does time pass the same speed in my dimension as yours if the moment you make a change, it immediately ripples in mine? Like, if you wanted to go in the whole, like, rules of this universe, it's, like, hard to really understand. But even if you didn't go in the rules of the universe, it's just... I don't know. I just thought the suspense wasn't there. The mystery didn't matter because the big mystery isn't why did this death happen? It's, like, how is he gonna get out of this in the end? And I just didn't... I just didn't buy the movie. So I thought it was a reasonably big flop even though i thought it looked (laughs) it looked okay and was mostly well acted but it just didn't really have anything else to recommend it well while i agree this film is not great i did definitely enjoy it more than you did Mm. um i actually thought it was um not necessarily novel but i thought what i liked is that our police officer character is actually an intelligent person as soon as he gets the call he's like hmm I mean, the first time he gets the call, he's drunk. The yeah. second time he gets the call, he immediately goes, I need to start doing some experiments to figure out what this call is. Right. And he does things that like, cool, we've established the baseline for what we are doing and how that can affect. And he immediately goes to work. And what I, what I did really, really like is – so well, I'll, I'll say what I didn't like first. They establish enough rules for me to give them credit, and then they avoid other things. And they kind of hint at things. Like, I don't know how much editing happened in this film, but, like, there's a whole scene where he doesn't want the niece to go see him in that timeline. Yeah. I can assume, I can extrapolate, because I've watched uh, time travel films, that he thinks that he can't see, like, he doesn't want to fuck with the timeline too much, even though he's trying to, like, rewrite history and save his niece. He doesn't want to affect things outside of just the niece herself, right? Like, he's like, oh, I I don't know the consequences of me mucking with the world too much. I won't be able to explain to myself that 
this is the situation. Like, so the, the, there has to be some explanation for why he freaked out when she, like, wanted to go see him in the actual timeline. And I, I think that things like that feel weak because they're like, oh, well, we don't want to deal with this. So we'll completely just have a character yell, don't do that, and then we'll ignore that kind of fact. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of things, like, like as you said, like, why not just tell her to leave the city? <laughs> because if she just goes away, she'll be safe and can't be killed in this situation. Yeah. So there, there, there are little dumb things like that. But what I like is that he immediately tries to test the bounds of the universe he's in um, when he is trying to figure out how to communicate with her. Um, he wants to keep her at as far a distance as he can, but still get pieces of information. And that ends up working for him in ways that he didn't expect, right? Like, so he is being completely ambiguous with her because he doesn't want to change too many things. But she takes initiative on her own and does things which end up being clues accidentally for him in his timeline. And there was just – there were some fun things that the film was doing as it played with this idea. Mm. Um, there was another thing that this film was not doing <laughs> – which I thought for a second it was going to be doing. Um, and I'm going to say it for you, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to bleep most of it out. But at one point in the film, I thought his future self and now his past self, using the information that his past niece had gotten, would have to solve and, and stop the event from... Di- like, I, for a second, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be the best yeah, movie that's ever been made. This just decided the movie was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie did not do that at all. Um, and as you said, there are some things that come that you see... For, like, literally the second certain characters show up on screen, you know what, what their yep. role will be in the story. Um, and that all feels kind of weak. But I think the overall experience of watching the uncle and the niece play off each other and try to figure out what was going on and maybe make stupid uh, decisions um, felt like an interesting journey for me. And I liked the play of how things changed. There's one big change that happens in the middle of the film that I didn't understand what... It didn't make sense to me, (laughs) right? It didn't seem like a logical progression to go back to a certain moment in time, but it, it... it's what it is. What it is. It, it felt that part felt kind of weak. But I, I had fun with the beat to beat moment of what he was doing to try to figure out what was happening in the past. See, like my problem is he he is piecing together clues. Do any of the clues matter at all in service to any positive thing that happens in this movie? I feel like the answer is no. I feel like all he learns is run away, get away from the guy that's trying to kill you, run. Right, like, yeah, yeah, and the, and there's all this other stuff you learn. Like, I won't go into details because we probably won't do a spoiler section on this, but stuff about Georgie and about things that come in the mail. And at some point, the date is very important for reasons that are unclear to me, as it pertains to things that come in the mail. And it's just like, it felt like the movie wanted to be like piecing together the clues of the mystery, but it isn't about that. Like, none of it, none of it is needed to do that. Yeah, and it also. The logic of when things change don't make sense because in any other time travel movie like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, for instance, the moment you plant in the person the intent to do something different, the ripple should happen, right? Like she now knows she's going to go instead of stay or she now knows she's going to paint an X and therefore, boom, immediately an X should appear. But in this case, that doesn't work that way. Like in this case, it like... There's a moment in this movie where something bad is happening 
And all he tells his niece to do is the most obvious thing that she for sure would have done anyway in that moment. And that apparently changes the universe. Like, there's just things where I feel like the conceit of, like, I am advising you on what to do falls apart because nothing he tells her is grounded in any information he's gleaned in the whole movie. Yeah. And so that that just seemed kind of like, why not make it be a more, like, twisty mystery where you actually get to use these clues and, like, avoid things over time? There's also one really dumb thing that made me incredibly annoyed was the whole thing that sets everything in motion at least uh, that, that establishes the relationship between uncle and niece is uh she she calls him on the phone and says hey uh i was gonna take the bus but i lost my bus pass um can you come get me mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is a point later on the film where she is advised to get on a bus yep just and, use your bus pass. And she rides her bike to the bus station. But this, this is the same few days she doesn't yeah. have a bus pass. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what was her plan? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what the plan was there. One weird thing, this doesn't have anything to do with any critical discussion of the movie. But when the movie started and she was talking about her dad, I was immediately like, her dad is played by Brian Tyree Henry. <laughs> and then he was. I just, like, knew, I knew somehow, like, he has to be in this movie. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yep. It paid off. <laughs> so but no, like, like, did you follow any of the Georgie stuff in this movie? I'm not talking about the very end where reveals happen. I'm talking about, like, when he is starting to make headway in the case. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> it's really hard to get into without being spoiler. I, mm-hmm. I, I followed the basic con- context of it, but the, the silly thing about it is, they try to expand who or what Georgie is. Mm-hmm. And then there's little threads that in a longer film or in a TV show would turn into Mr. X, yeah. but they're not allowed to be Mr. X long enough to have any consequence at all to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, it's I, I don't get the point of it. I mean, I understand what's going on, um, but it's not like it doesn't make the story more exciting. Yeah. He also is kind of a terrible detective because there's at least one scene where he walks into, like, the only thing he knows about this, like, building he's walking into is he thinks a bad thing maybe happened here based on some information. And he walks in with a gun drawn and starts shooting at the first person he sees. No, that guy shot first. Yeah, yeah okay. It's I, a very quick exchange of he, people shooting each other. He walks into a place where he knows something bad happened, like, four days ago. Mm-hmm. And he just has his gun drawn, and a guy just walks up and goes, oh, shit, boom, and starts firing. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't – I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't really care about this movie. Yeah. There's also – the young girl is the worst bicycle rider ever. Yep. <laughs> there are moments like Pepe Le Pew style where the bad guy is just walking towards her, and she just can't pedal a bike for shit. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. All I can say about this movie is it's definitely the best movie about a character named Georgie that we're going to review tonight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, like, so did the... I will say, I think the emotional, the chemistry between David Oyelowo and uh, his niece Storm Reed is good in the movie. I think they are... They play believable, like, uncle and niece characters. And yeah. I thought, like, their conversations were emotional and charming and like you believed his grief about her and you believed the kind of 
the way he would be shocked to hear from her and then slowly warm to the fact that she's talking to him. Yeah, yeah. I will, that's like the only thing that worked for me in the movie. I think any anything else about his journey or her journey just didn't, yeah, didn't no, matter to I, me. I, I think that they are – I think they're interesting ideas and then their um, – the honesty of their relationship is what made me kind of enjoy the ride of watching this film. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where like if I had Netflix this <laughs> – I would have had a good time. We're like, oh yeah, that was fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy. It. I mean, I I watch a lot, a lot of time travel films. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much anyone that I can. Most of the ones that I haven't seen yet are ones that like came out in the last couple of years, uh, like on VOD that I just haven't made time to to see. Um, <laughs> There's never enough time. <laughs> fully ahead of time machine, um, or like a Apple TV that played me stuff <laughs> two weeks later. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I, I, <laughs> How would that solve anything? It was a joke. Because <laughs> my Apple TV does play me things two yeah. weeks later. Uh, anyway. You just like get a phone call two weeks later, like, I watched this movie last week. <laughs> it just tells me everything that happens in the movie. It's just uh, a, a little girl narrating what happened in the movie. And then. He decides to rent out a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, like I, I, I thought it was fun enough. Um, definitely not maybe something you need to rush out and see in theaters, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I had fun with it. Okay. Should we get to official verdicts? Sure. Stephen Miller, if you were going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I, I'm going pass with a caveat. Like, I don't think this was aggressively bad in any way. I just think it... There's no real reason to watch it. I, d- I didn't think the time travel part was good enough. I think the the acting is solid, but they're given a pretty flimsy script, and they have to really over-emote the hell out of scenes that just don't have enough substance on their own. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was hoping for like a, a, a sh- shoddily shot like indie movie that I could really like enjoy on the basis of the drama. Like I wanted a comet type of movie <laughs> here. And this just didn't deliver on that. It just kind of felt hokey to me in a way that I think they could have done better, even with the same budget and the same limitations that they had. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a wait for rental. Um, I had a lot more fun with it than Steven did. Um, I I like that they didn't bother trying to explain anything. They kind of just stick to these are the few rules we want to play with, and they go with it. And I think the characters do. Um, they respond intelligently to the information they have in most situations. Um, they definitely do some stupid things too, but I think for the most part, I had fun watching the characters play within the rules that they knew. Um, and for that, I think you can get some enjoyment for it, um, but you definitely don't need to pay money to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for our review of Don't Let Go. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. 
Uh, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Don't Let Go, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Uh, we are going to uh, take off and, as Stephen said, talk about another film with a character named Georgie. That is It Chapter 2. So uh, stay tuned for that review, and we will see you then. Bye. Bye.